Hello everyone, I am finally back with a new episode of Sweet Talk with Honey Rogers, which it sure has been a while and I won't get too deeply into why I had a little bit of a uh, sabbatical from this because it's a lot of personal drama and I don't think that needs to be here, but I, long story short, some people made me feel not great about how passionate I am for this. And I realized the other day that they, there is not a person on this planet who can take that away from me. It's good that I'm passionate about this. It's good that this is what I want to do with my life. And that's what actually matters. But this is going to be a little bit of a combination episode, so... First off, Elimination Chamber review, because I was so, so far back on that. And I, honest to God, meant to do that the day after, and so much happened. And, I mean, let's start with the first Elimination Chamber match. It was pretty good. I was honestly a little shocked by how much I enjoyed the pay-per-view as a whole. Because in the past, I, I've i never been a huge fan of the chamber matches. They've just never... It's just not a style of match that necessarily appeals to me. Like, I, you know, I love me a good cage match, a good Hell in a Cell match. It, you know, it's fun. It's just, I mean, it's not as great as, like, a War Games match, but... <laughs> um, it... It was surprising, and with the first one, uh, well, actually, let's start with the uh, the pre-show match, which kind of went the way I thought it would, because I was like, there's no way that they're gonna, like, let Moose win it, they're not gonna let Ricochet win it, uh, they're not gonna let Elias win it. Of course, it's gonna be John Morrison, he's tenured enough that he can take that loss and it's not a big deal and he'll be a fun addition to the match with Riddle and Bobby Lashley like it was just the only good choice they had though I did enjoy uh seeing Mustafa in the match as I always do uh and I you know it it made sense that they were not going to put him in that night they were going to save him for a later uh, a later match, which I guess we're seeing this Sunday in like four days. <laughs> but it was a good match. I enjoyed it. It was a good mix of styles, a good mix of people. Mustafa and Ricochet, always a delight to see together. Elias brings some power. Uh, quick match, but fun, solid. I enjoyed it. I think pretty much everyone did, even if, you know, who they wanted to win didn't win. And then the first chamber match. I enjoyed this match so much more than I thought I would, considering I did not really like half of the mat, half of the participants in the match. Because I think I've mentioned it before. I'm not a big fan of Kevin or Sammy, of, of their wrestling, because they were both... Wonderful, wonderful men. Never been a huge fan of Baron Corbin. He's just 
always been kind of mid to me. Uh, love Daniel, love Cesaro, love Jay. So I was very pleased with their performance in the match. And I thought it was honestly, uh, I'm, I'm honestly a little shocked in the fallout that we didn't see more Cesaro in the title picture. Maybe they're just holding off on that because they wanted to have him be, you know, Seth's first, you know, comeback feud, which I'm sure will be great. But I was a little shocked because it seemed like they were really, really, really pushing Cesaro even more than they were pushing Daniel. Who, you know, as we all know, ended up winning the match. And I I didn't disagree with that as an outcome. I thought it was pretty much the safest way they could go. And you're always going to get good content out of Daniel and Roman together. So, I mean, <laughs> that's always a good thing. Uh, sorry if my voice is a little whack, too. I was on the phone for a long time last night, and I think it's roughing me up a little bit. So, again, I was a little shocked that, uh, that Cesaro and the fallout didn't get more attention, but I, I mean, it was just... It wasn't an exceptional Elimination Chamber match. I won't go so far as to say that. But it was one of the better ones I've seen. And I think it did actually give me a little bit of a new appreciation for Baron Corbin. Because I think even though he's in his character work, he's very much uh, drifting <laughs> and pretty stagnant right now. He... I feel like his entering work has actually, I've gotten a new appreciation for it. I feel like I think it's better than I did like two years ago. And whether that's because I've changed or because he's changed, I mean, who knows. But I enjoyed him in the match. I honestly enjoyed Sammy in the match too. Uh, Character-wise, I've been enjoying Sammy lately. Oh, excuse me. Sorry, I'm also very tired. Um, <laughs> so, and I mean, Jey Uso, what is there to say about him? He's always going to put on a good show. <laughs> Ever since they finally started showing any kind of like real belief in him, he's just been showing out like he should. Like we all know he can. He did that in the chamber match. <clears throat> and then Daniel won, which, again, obvious, but a good choice. Uh, short match between him and Roman, which I think we all figured, too. I was kind of hoping that it would go on a little bit longer, that it was going to actually be like more of a match-match, but can't fault them for holding on to that. And, you know, there was obviously that counter to the spear that Everyone lost their minds over. I enjoyed it. I thought that was fun. Then, so with the uh, with the next match, uh, the United States Championship match, 
in all honesty, I wasn't in the room when it happened. I chose that moment to go make dinner. Because <laughs> I, I just truly did not care. And it's not that I don't like Bobby Lashley, and it's not that I don't like John Morrison, and I'm not going to comment on Riddle. It's not that I don't like the competitors in the match. I just did not care about the feuds. I didn't care about the stakes. In retrospect, Morrison was there so that they could protect Bobby Lashley, which is cool. Um, I don't have any problem with that. It obviously has worked out pretty good for him uh, in the fallout of Elimination Chamber. Then the tag team match. I mean, it was fine. Shayna, Bianca, Sasha, they're all phenomenal. Nia can do a lot of good when she wants to. So, I mean, it was fine. It wasn't it wasn't phenomenal. You know, there were a couple of spots where things got a little messy. But it was fine. <laughs> I I do a little bit have trouble believing that we're actually getting this match again this Sunday at Fastlane. Because I, while I enjoy Bianca and Sasha together, feuding, teaming, whatever, I enjoy them together. But there's truly no point to it other than for more shit with Reginald which I I am tired of if he wants to start having matches with the women I'd be down for that but anything beyond that I just I just plain do not care and I hate that I don't care about a match that has Sasha and Bianca and Shayna but there's just, it doesn't feel like there's any real stakes to it. And ever since they... And while I do love the addition of the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships, I, I do have to say it did kind of take the fire out of the main roster tag championships because what the fuck are they going to do now? Like, wh like, what is there to do? That... Like, they barely have any functional tag teams. They have, like, what, two? Maybe three outside of the current champions? And it just, uh, it's just a mess. And it's been a mess. And I don't understand how they had so much good going on. for Because obviously, you know, they couldn't keep Sasha and Bianca for the tag team championships because they had to you know make that breakup happen that was fine but mandy and tana the riot squad i mean the fucking iconics what the fuck happened there what was the point of that especially since i'm pretty sure both of them had said in the past that they didn't ever want to be broken up and i'm not saying wrestlers always have the best ideas for their creative path but sometimes they have really good ideas and those ideas should probably be listened to but 
I mean, they've just, and it was so exciting when they first, when these championships first got brought in. Like, it was so, it was such a big deal. It felt like we were finally getting somewhere. And, I don't know, it just, it seems like, I mean, WWE has fumbled a lot of, <laughs> a lot of creative ideas, but this just feels like a particularly badly fumbled idea, and that's very sad for the women involved, and the fans, because the fans have always been pretty fucking hype on on the women's tag team championships and now look where we are <laughs> and i don't know it seems like there are it there i do want to say there are a few ways out of it out of this situation that they have found themselves in with the women's tag team titles i just truly do not believe that they're going to take any of them and then there was the match that never was, Lacey and uh, Asuka just disappeared off the card, which I am kind of in a double-think situation with because I'm not fine with it because on one hand, I'm not fine with it because your women's champion should be defending it pretty much every pay-per-view. And on the other hand, I'm, I am fine with it because I do not want Lacey in the title picture now or any time in the near future. And by near future, I mean approximately five years. I just... I don't think she's a bad wrestler, but I think she's a very solid mid-card wrestler. It's why I almost want them to just have, like, a mid-card title for the women. Since they're never going to let women compete for the Intercontinental or Cruiserweight or United States Championships again, which is an entire other issue. Uh, which I may talk about later, considering the... Uh, Alexa Bliss, Randy Orton match that we're supposed to have. <laughs> Moving on. Like I said, tag team match. It was fine. No one thought Bianca and Sasha were going to win. No one thinks Bianca and Sasha are going to win on Sunday. I just, I don't believe it's going to happen. Some stupid shit is going to go down. That's going to be the end of it. Final match of the night. Second chamber match. Raw chamber match. I liked this significantly more than the first one. And whether that's because I liked more of the competitors in it, or because I the booking just came off better to me, I'm not sure. But, I mean, I wouldn't have done that any other way. I wouldn't have done that any other way at all. It was perfect. It was the perfect length. It didn't go over the amount of time that it should have. There wasn't too much rest. There wasn't too much, like, pause periods. Pretty consistent action. Pretty good action from everybody. Uh, 
I mean, they, I did, I did feel, I, I gotta say, I was a little shocked when it came down to Drew, AJ, and Sheamus, because I was really, I was surprised by AJ's role in the match more than anything, though I did appreciate that uh, he seemed to have busted out some new moves, especially for the chamber match. And it's always nice to see, you know, some of the more experienced guys, you know, actually introduce something new. Because some people, and this is not a bad thing, some people do get a little stagnant. But others, like AJ, seem to be very intent on keeping themselves fresh. And I appreciate that. I really come around on AJ Styles, which everyone in my life thinks is very, very weird. Um, I was also, for a split second, I was shocked that Randy Orton got eliminated first. And then I thought to myself, uh, the fiend. Because they can't, have Randy too seriously in the title picture right now because of what he's doing with The Fiend and Alexa. And, I mean, it was... I, I That was probably one of the best chamber matches I have seen in a very long time. I do not think either of them that we saw in 2021, I don't think either of them quite matched up to what I think are two of the best, which are... Uh, the one that was right before Kofi Mania, so 2019, and then the women's tag team chamber match. Um, and I do feel because a little bit of that is because there weren't quite the emotional stakes on this one that there were. But just in terms of pure wrestling, the booking, it was all very good. You know, the two chamber matches were done about as well as they could have been done this year. And I appreciate that. And then obviously, you know, the Miz cashed in, which get finally, <laughs> we were all waiting on that for how long. <sighs> so I'm very, very happy they finally went with that. I am a little sad that they didn't give him a longer reign, but there's nothing wrong with having, you know, your little transitional champion between your two more serious ones. It doesn't really shock me that Bobby Lashley became champion soon afterwards. Uh, I think it was probably past time. Well, I don't really, I don't really agree with people who say that it was, you know, it's been way too long for Bobby Lashley to be champion. Like they should have done this sooner when he was originally in WWE. And I just, I don't, I don't think I agree with that. I think when he was originally in WWE, he was very, he was very fresh. And I don't think his character work capacity was there. And even when he came back to WWE, I don't think he was quite at that point yet. There was something that missing that was missing. And I think they tried to do that. They tried to fix that with Leo Rush. And I don't think they did. <laughs> I think, um, I never liked that. The pairing of 
Leo and Bobby, and that's nothing against either of them. I just don't think they have chemistry specifically together. But they seem to have hit the nail on the head with MVP and the Hurt Business, which, I mean, I have just been loving the Hurt Business. It, I feel like they're finally giving quite a few people a chance that I don't think they ever would have gotten. Like, I do not think Cedric Alexander or Shelton Benjamin would be where they are if it weren't for MVP and making the Hurt Business and making this happen. And it really needed to happen because it was a case of three people who had the talent, who had the capacity to do something that was very impressive. And they were just never quite, they had never quite found their place in the puzzle. And I feel like they finally have now with MVP putting them in their, you know, little puzzle place. And I actually, <laughs> this is not related to the Elimination Chamber or anything, but I actually was hoping, sincerely, that after WrestleMania this year, the Undisputed Era would still be together and we'd see them get called up to Raw. Because Raw has the Hurt Business and it has Retribution. And I feel like it's been too long since we've had a good faction war. Like a good, honest to God, like there are enough factions and stuff to have just a straight up war. And I want that really bad. <laughs> so that's also why I need Retribution to stay together and I need T-Bar to... Uh, stop teasing dissent on Twitter. <laughs> He's stressing me out. Um, <laughs> which, I mean, let's just keep this is mostly a general review episode because I am still very tired. So, NXT, also, they really need to be in Survivor Series this year. Like, I don't care how they do it, how they incorporate them, if they incorporate all of them. I, I do not care. They really need to be in Survivor Series this year. It is going to be a mess if they don't. Um, especially with... Because I think I'd like to see the main roster women's tag titles and the NXT roster tag titles go up against each other. And on a note of NXT... And the women's tag titles. The shit fits I saw thrown. <laughs> Over the situation with the tag titles. Was some of the most ridiculous. Just. Unbased whining I've ever seen about wrestling. It was the stu- And it's not even whining. It was discourse. It was the stupidest discourse I've ever seen. It wasn't even discourse. No, it was wank. It was fandom wank. Wrestling fandom wank is the worst. And this was the worst of the worst because I was just like... Everybody. Everybody was throwing a fucking fit on my timeline on Twitter when uh, Raquel and Dakota lost the match to Shania. And I was like, can y'all not see that this is leading to something? And then 
God forbid you ask people to let the story play out. And the story plays out. And we get tag team titles on on uh, NXT. Which means more women get to compete more often. We get to see newer tag teams, newer creative pathways for a lot of the women. We get some of their not quite top stars, but just under top. Get a lot of focus like Shotzi and Ember. Ember, and even as much as I don't like Shotzi, I recognize that she is a little bit of a draw for NXT. So, and, and, uh, it, it just baffled me. Because people were complaining about them introducing tag team titles for NXT. How is that a problem? How is that a problem at all? You get more women's wrestling. You get more wrestling. I personally enjoy wrestling. And I like more of it. And beyond that, I enjoy women's wrestling. And I would like more of it. <laughs> and so NXT finally does this. Finally gives this to us. Which, honestly, kind of past time. Since they were clearly never going to have the main roster titles actually go to NXT. Not get defended there. But be won by a team there. Like, it was pretty obvious that was never going to happen. Even though NXT had... They have enough women, not necessarily in tag teams, but it, between the Performance Center and NXT, they have more than enough women to make a healthy tag team division. And it... The, the amount of people that were complaining about it, and even when, and I even disagreed with uh, how they handled Raquel and Dakota losing the titles an hour after getting them, because that was stupid. That was just stupid. At the, like, it still made sense. There was still a logical outcome and a logical reason for that. The logical reason being that Raquel is clearly EO's next challenger and probably the next women's champion. And, which also, I haven't seen anyone talking about this, but they did an important story detail with those women, and that is that EO went to Raquel. Raquel didn't go fight EO, EO went to Raquel. And I don't remember the last time I really saw a champion go to someone and say, I want you to be my next challenger. And I love that. And I love how they've handled, I think I've mentioned it before, but their handling of Raquel Gonzalez. I mean, anyone who says WWE doesn't know how to build stars does not know what the fuck they're talking about. <laughs> because they have built Raquel Gonzalez as a star. And, it, okay, maybe it's not like a John Cena or the Rock level of star where they go be in Hollywood movies or whatever. But in the business of wrestling, they have pushed Raquel and Bianca, too. They have pushed them... Above and beyond what I thought they were going to do with either of them. And just, I have, I, every single Wednesday that I watch NXT, I am endlessly, endlessly impressed 
with how they've handled Raquel and how they've pushed her and how they've built her with the tag team, with her singles work. It's been unbelievable. I have never seen a more perfect build except maybe for Bianca. I have never seen a more perfect build of a wrestler. It has been unbelievable. And I hope they do give her the women's title as much as I love Io Shirai. As much as I love and adore Io Shirai. <laughs> and I do. I truly do. Um, it's kind of time to take the belt off her. I think it would be interesting to see what she does post-championship. Whether that be going to Raw, staying on NXT, being in a tag team. I, I'm curious to see what she does without a title. As much as, again, I do love her with a title. But it's it's the perfect time, you know, for Raquel to have the title and maybe even do like a thing with Raquel and Dakota as opponents for uh, the stand and deliver take uh, takeovers, which, hey, I am excited about. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, I mean, I kind of figured a two night takeover was happening because. I mean, it's two-night WrestleMania. It, it makes sense. Um, <sighs> excuse me. I think that's going to be really exciting, and I think it's going to give them a better chance to showcase people, and not necessarily in the sense that they'll have an exorbitant amount of matches, but I think the matches will be longer, and I think it will really show a lot of their top and just under the top players which is super exciting because I also think so I'm really curious as to where obviously everyone who's listened to this knows that I am uh, quite the fan of Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa and the Imperium Boys so obviously this whole you know whole baloo has been very exciting for me personally uh Especially with the possibility of travel restrictions being somewhat lifted between the UK and America. Because it, oh gosh, I just, there are so many things that could happen tonight, actually. Because this is, you know, Tim and Imperium and Tommaso are supposed to have their match tonight. And they teased, the thing that really, I knew at one point they were going to do... Tim and Walter and Imperium. There was no way that they couldn't. The only thing I'm really curious about is what role at the end of the day is Tommaso going to play? And I may record like a short reaction after tonight with whatever happens. Because there are a few ways I can see this going. Obviously, Tim could turn on Tommaso and join Imperium. Uh, Tim could be like, fuck you to the Imperium guys, uh, and stay with Tommaso. He could say fuck you to both of them, be like, fuck you, Tommaso, fuck you, Imperium, <laughs> fuck you, Walter, <laughs> and just go off on his own. He could, I mean, there, Tommaso could turn on Tim, Tommaso could turn on Tim and join Imperium. There are so many different things. There's so many different 
paths available to them. And I am so curious about what they're going to go with. Personally, if it were me, I think I would probably have Tim stay face. I would have him stay with Tommaso. Uh, maybe have tonight's match end in shenanigans. And then I would have maybe next week or the week after, I would have Walter come in and attack Tommaso. And I would have him write Tommaso off of NXT. Maybe permanently, maybe not. Like, maybe just for a little while. Honestly, having him write him off of NXT just for, like, a few months, I think would work out really great. Because I think then they could put Tim into the title picture. And then they could have Tommaso come back and they could have, like, a little friendly rivalry for a title. But personally tonight, I would have things into shenanigans. Tim stays face. He doesn't turn on Tommaso. Um, then have Walter come write Tommaso off for a little while. So Tim is on his own because I think he needs time as a solo face as opposed to, cause he's been a heel solo. He's been a face tag team. He's so I think it's time for them to try and see how he does as a face on his own. Not with Tommaso, not with anyone else. As much as I do love the Tommaso-Timothy Thatcher tag team, because I think it's fun to watch gruff men be friends. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much the core of it. They're just gruff, kind of angry dudes, and they like to hit people. And I think that's a good tag team. <laughs> um, I do think they have... I think one of the reasons that I... Because sometimes NXT likes to play right into what you think the story is going to be. And sometimes NXT likes to really swerve you. So the obvious path is Tim turns on Tommaso. The not obvious path is Tim doesn't. And then shit continues to happen. And what I think this all needs to lead to is Tim versus Walter at Stand and Deliver for the UK title. I don't know if logistically they're going to be able to do that because I don't know if Walter actually will be able to come to America or if Tim will be able to go to uh, fucking Europe, whatever, one way or another. I don't know if that will be able to happen. I hope so, because I think anyone who has seen the history of Tim and the Imperium boys probably wants that match because Tim and Walter have had matches before and they're very good. Um, but he, I just, I think it would be best if they had faced him versus heel Walter for the UK title, stand and deliver not a main event, but, you know, just, like, under the main event. And if they had that, if they had Walter win, clean win, no interference from Imperium. And then they had it where, you know, 
Imperium and Tim have their final standoff after like a month and a half of, of feuding. They have their final standoff and they show each other respect and then they part ways. That's how I would do it personally because I think that would really, even with a loss, I think that would really push Tim into like title contendership on NXT, not necessarily for the UK title, but for the NXT title, for the North American title, which, I mean, obviously also, uh, we're getting Killer Cross versus Finn Balor, and Killer Cross is probably going to win. But I think, and honestly, I think Tim would actually be a pretty good choice to take the belt off of Killer, but we'll have to see. It might depend on how they handle Killer Cross as a, as a champion, because that can kind of change, you know, who should challenge them for their title. And speaking of Killer Cross and Finn Balor, so and I know it's Karrion Cross, it's Killer Cross to me. <laughs> speaking of Killer Cross and Finn Balor, I I'm not really curious about who's going to win because I'm pretty sure I know, you know, we all know that Killer Cross is probably going to win that match. Um I'm curious about whether or not we will see the Demon King. That's the only thing that I don't know about this match. And I almost think they should. I almost think Finn should come out, be full Demon King. And I think he should lose. And I think Killer Cross should be the first person to beat the Demon. Um, in part because Finn is so good at reinventing himself. He doesn't have an issue coming back from something like that. He would be able to come back and salvage it. People like him enough. He's good enough that, you know, that loss, honest to God, would not hurt him even as the demon. Plus, I think it might be a good way to, like, fully retire the demon character. It, just by having, you know, this much more powerful supernatural-esque being beat him. So, I, but I am very curious because I haven't even seen any rumblings of that, which, you know, is probably a good thing. <laughs> but that's, that's the only thing I've been curious about because it seems like it's pretty obvious that Killer Cross is going to win. But I hope they really, they do something to really solidify uh, Killer's push. And I think beating the demon, I think that would really take care of that. And honestly, I mean, I'm excited for Stand and Deliver. I think we're probably going to see Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly, uh, Io Shirai versus uh Raquel Gonzalez, if they save that for Stand and Deliver, they might not. They might do that on NXT between then and now. Uh, I want us to see Tim versus Walter. <laughs> I do not think we're going to because I don't think, in it, like I said, there might be a logistics issue. And beyond that, NXT might just go ahead and have him join Imperium. Uh, I think we're going to see, I think we're going to see that Zoe Stark girl. I think she's going to have a pretty solid stand and deliver match um, against whom I'm not sure. 
I wouldn't be shocked if we see Zia Lee with Casey Covizaro or Caden Carter. Um, I think maybe they could do like a handicap match or something. Uh, which, ugh. Just, ugh. I'm sorry. I don't like Casey at all. And Caden is... Eh. <laughs> you know, it's, I don't really have any particular feelings towards her. Zia Lee deserves the world. What a magical, wonderful angel. But, uh... The only reason that I don't really want to see that handicap match is... Which does seem likely. Is because I think they'd have Zia lose. And I just don't think they need to do that. I think they need to keep building Zaya. Up to the point where she can face Raquel. Like, they need to keep her strong. And what else might we see? I don't know. I'm curious about if Bobby Fish is ever going to come back. <laughs> because I can see him coming back for the Adam-Kyle match that we are almost certainly getting. Uh, I think we're going to have a... I mean, we're probably also... We have to have a women's tag team title match. But I'm not sure who it's going to be against. I think they're going to use the next couple of weeks to maybe do an open challenge kind of deal with Shotzi and Ember, uh, which might be kind of cool, honestly. I think that would be a good way to get some of the lesser-known, lesser-seen girls out into the ring and, you know, have that culminate in maybe uh, Marina and Jessamine challenging for the titles. Uh which, where the fuck is Jessamine Duke, dude? I assume she's probably at home, like, playing video games on the video game channel. But still, where the fuck is she? Jeez, <laughs> uh, I'm not sure what else we're going to see. I'm sure they'll, you know, surprise us with some things. Uh, the only, I forgot to say, but the thing that's actually intrigued me the most... And this is why I say what Tommaso's role is going to be. is because they teased him versus Walter. And I'm not sure. That may have been a red herring. You know what I mean? Like, they may have just said that just to, you know, tease us. Even though that match would slap in a very, very literal way. I think that may have been, like, a tease, like a red herring. Which is unfortunate, because I want that match. But it, I just, gosh, that story is really throwing me for a loop. Um, which, actually, related. Uh, you know, obviously he's never going to hear it, but uh, happy birthday to Timothy Thatcher. I think he turns 38 today. <laughs> um, yeah, little St. Patrick's baby. Uh <laughs> Uh, Timothy Thatcher, if you ever hear this, I hope you had a really good birthday in 2021. Uh, but I don't know. NXT has been kind of killing it lately. And I mean, NXT pretty consistently kills it, but I feel like with some of what we're doing now, it's building back to the point of like NXT when it was at its peak. Like NXT when like, the Alistair Black whodunit was going on and, and Tommaso was champion and everybody was doing really good and Nikki Cross was crazy and 
and all that. And I feel like we're finally kind of getting to a point of that quality again, uh, which makes me happy because I want NXT to be doing good. Raw and SmackDown have been... Raw pisses me off. And probably not for the reason that you're thinking. Because I think, honestly, Raw has gotten better at filling the three hours of content that they have to produce every week. I think they've gotten better at just making matches. I do wish they had more wrestling on Raw. Um, but more than that, it's the lack of women. I could care less that Raw is three hours long. Just give an hour to the fucking women. Because <laughs> there's not really an excuse not to. They have enough of them. They don't need to have every match be based on a storyline. Throw fucking, uh, what's her name? Dana Brooke. Throw Dana Brooke out there with Naomi. Let him wrestle. Let Asuka wrestle Lana. I don't give a shit. Like, just let people fucking wrestle. Just give us women's content. Because that's what your fans want. Your fans want women's content. And, Jesus, I just hope they take, like... I hate to say this, because I feel bad about it. But, I really hope they find a way to take the belt off of Asuka before Wrestlemania because it just ah Jesus it's just become a problem she doesn't get to do anything she barely gets to wrestle she barely gets to defend her title she was in a fucking tag team with Charlotte of all fucking people like just if you don't care about the champion, take the title off of them. There's no reason for it. It's it's just pointless and it's sad and it's it's just sad. Sorry if you can hear a vague video in my background also. That's the TV. Um, it just... Ugh, and I heard there may have been plans for Lacey versus Charlotte for the title at WrestleMania. God, I hope that's not true, because who the fuck made that choice? It just, that's the only thing that gets me about Raw. Well, that and the fact that they still aren't showing Retribution in any respect. Retribution? Oh my god, I could dedicate a fucking five-hour YouTube video to talking about all the things they did fucking wrong with Retribution and how that is such a shame. Because, number one... Factions are a wonderful, wonderful part of wrestling. And if you're not going to take a faction seriously, why the fuck do you have them? And beyond that, like the individual wrestlers within Retribution are so incredibly good at character work, at wrestling, at all of it. They are damn near perfect packages. And so they have this little group of, what is it, five people? Five people who are absolutely phenomenal at their fucking jobs. Who are absolutely phenomenal at everything they do. Who have people rooting for them. Who have people who care about them. And this is what we get. We get bro-nuts. And I... Uh, it's just disappointing. Because I was so excited 
when retribution really like became a thing when they showed that Mustafa Mustafa excuse me when they showed that Mustafa was the the leader I was so excited because I was like oh my god they're finally letting uh Mustafa like do something <laughs> like he's finally getting a chance to show out and he has despite all of the bullshit he has done the best he can on Twitter, on on Raw, on pay-per-views, in matches, in promos. He has done every single thing he can to put himself over. And he is over because he's been over and he's going to be over. And, I mean, obviously people love T-Bar. People love Mace. People love Reckoning. I mean, who wouldn't? And people love Slapjack. Like, people care about these guys. They want them to do good. They want them to be taken seriously. And they just aren't. And it drives me absolutely insane. There is no reason that you can have people this good. And and just not care. And I and I I'm not the kind of person who believes that anyone really deserves anything in wrestling, but there are a few people out there who I truly believe deserve opportunities who deserve who deserve something better and pretty much everyone in retribution is that <laughs> which actually on a quick spinoff from retribution i have a dream booking scenario that you know of course i am you know all wrestling watchers have dream booking scenarios but just dream with me for a moment kids and think about Bobby Lashley keeping the WWE title until SummerSlam. And Mustafa wins Money in the Bank, probably with the help of Retribution. And it's beautiful and wonderful. And he gets a little revenge from 2019, even though I, for one, loved that. I thought it was ridiculous. I thought it was insane. Brock did not need to win Money in the Bank, but what... A beautiful world came out of it. Um, <laughs> but either way, Mustafa wins Money in the Bank this year. Kofi ends up challenging Bobby at SummerSlam in the main event. Because I want to see that match. I think other people want to see that match. I think it would be a good match. Kofi wins the belt off of Bobby. Mustafa cashes it on Kofi and wins the WWE title. And we get a Mustafa Kofi feud out of it. And of course that's good because it's not going to be bad when they feud. And maybe we finally get uh, Xavier Woods versus Reckoning by that point. Jesus Christ, just let it happen. Reckoning has faced plenty of men before. She knows what she's doing. She knows how to handle herself. Xavier Woods has probably faced women before in the ring. He's fine. He knows what to, what he's doing. He knows how to handle himself. <laughs> um, but then, that's where my dream booking kind of takes off from what I think most people would do. Because after Mustafa and Kofi feud, I really, I, I truly do want Buddy Murphy to get moved to Raw. And I want 
him and Mustafa to feud for the title. Because I think that would, number one, give us some of the most amazing matches in Raw history. Because we've seen what Mustafa and Buddy Murphy can do together. And I I just said I think there are some people who deserve opportunities and there are some people who deserve title shots or whatever it is that you hold as the peak of professional wrestling. And Buddy Murphy is the number one person who I think deserves that. Because I know... I mean, I've listened to him talk. I know how much he loves this. And I know how much... The, I mean, I know that he's lost that love for it before. And I would hate for that to happen again. And I think that... This kind of feud between him and Mustafa for the title, especially if they, you know, maybe bring in, like if they have Mustafa bring up that Buddy was Seth's disciple, that he's, and I mean, there's so much that I want to say, but I do want to keep this under an hour. <laughs> so we may be doing a second episode soon because it it just drives me insane. And I do think... Again, I'm not the kind of person who says that somebody deserves something in wrestling because I think that's a very nuanced, very complicated discussion. But Buddy Murphy deserves the fucking world. And he, he deserves every chance and opportunity and applaud that he can get. And again, I just think it would produce good wrestling. Good, compelling wrestling. And that should be your goal for all of your champions is, you know, at least 90% of the time, are their stories compelling? And more importantly, are they putting on good wrestling matches that people will find entertaining? And I find it impossible to believe that people would not find Mustafa Ali versus Buddy Murphy for the WWE title anything but compelling and entertaining and that all being said i'm probably gonna wrap this one up and just uh spend the rest of the afternoon being anxious about what's gonna happen with tim and imperium <laughs> uh and like i said i will probably uh see you guys later tonight i will probably talk to y'all after nxt probably later into the night once my family goes to bed because I'm currently sleeping in a living room. Um, not for a bad reason. I'm staying at a family member's house. Uh, and I will probably you know talk about that later tonight. Whatever happens. Again, happy birthday to Timothy Thatcher. Uh, and I guess I should do my song and match recommendation. <sighs> What's a good song? It All Comes Out in the Wash by Miranda Lambert. Good country song. And what's a match? 
that people should watch. You know what? I'll stick with the theme of the first half of this episode. Go watch that 2019 Elimination Chamber matches. Go go watch those. They're worth it. Like, they're really good wrestling matches. So go watch those. Have a good time. And with that, I will let y'all go. Thank you for tuning in to a very, 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 very belated episode of Sweet Talk with Honey Rogers. Be good to each other, please. <laughs>